0: Now, Connect FM Sports puts every play under review with Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. It's rivalry
1: week for for Penn State. We'll get ready for the big game against Ohio State and talk to Ben Jones from statecollege.com.
2: After dropping the home opener, the Penguins looked like the team we hoped for over the weekend. What changed? We'll discuss. It was another crazy week in the NFL with
3: more injuries and big upsets. We'll look ahead to the Steelers' matchup against the Rams and take you through the rest of
2: this week's games. I'm Dave Glass. I'm Bob Anderson. And I'm Dave Herzen. Stay tuned as
1: we discuss these topics and more as we go...
2: Under Reviews, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping. On Connect FM, your only local news radio. welcome back to under review it's good to have the gang back together again d happy anniversary one more time and how was your
1: trip to toronto Thank you very much. But yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, one of my favorite cities. Um, I got to do something I hadn't done. I've been there many times, but I was never able to get to the Hockey Hall of Fame. was able to actually tour it extensively this time while my wife went shopping and wandering around the streets of Toronto. Just an absolutely beautiful museum. Such a testament to uh, the sport of hockey. But also, as I was texting you guys while I was there... Uh, it's just a really good reminder of how spoiled we are as Pittsburgh Penguins fans. To see the representation of the Pittsburgh Penguins in the Hockey Hall of Fame, it's really something.
2: Oh, yeah, we are definitely spoiled, and I don't know if there was any buzz up there in Toronto, but did you guys see Austin Matthews started his season with two back-to-back hat tricks? Yes.
3: Yeah, he's the real deal. I mean, he's one of these other players. We've talked a lot about some other ones, but he's really in his prime, and I I think he's – Primed, no pun intended, for a big year. <laughs>
2: oh, for sure. I could see him winning the Rocket Richard this year. Uh, we had a poll question this week, guys, um, and it really wasn't close. I asked, what are you looking forward to this week in sports? We had the Penguins in there. We had the Steelers in there. Had some MLB playoffs. I guess that's still going on. Yeah. But uh, we we were overwhelmed by the responses here. Penn State and Ohio State, that's what the masses want us to talk about. So that's where we're going to start today. It's a showdown at high noon on Saturday in Columbus, and uh, it's a battle of unbeatens, guys. Consider this. The last time Penn State beat Ohio State was in 2016, and they haven't won in Columbus since 2011. James Franklin is 1-8 against his rival. So he's been the coach since 2014. This is game number 121 for James Franklin. Is this the biggest game of his career?
3: Well, I was going to ask you that, but um, <laughs> I stole your thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. I mean, because this team has everything. I mean, I, I've read a lot of scouting reports. Now I, we think they've got pretty much all the tools. Other coaches, I've read a great article on the Athletic. And they're basically saying, look, this team—you know—they they don't really have too many weaknesses, except maybe at wide receiver. But you know, it, it's a really, really, really strong defense. But they've consistently been number three in the Big Ten. It, it, just every single time they come up short to either Michigan or Ohio State, or most of the time both. So even in the preseason, we talked about this. The schedule is kind of soft. There's only two games that matter. There's this one, and there's Michigan. And they really have to win both to get some of the naysayers off their back. Although I will say if he wins this one and loses a close one to Michigan, I think, oh, okay, but if he goes 0-2 against those two teams again, it's gonna to be tough. And most people think Michigan's the better team. So if they lose this one, man, is the pressure gonna be on in that Michigan game. Um I, so yeah, I think it is the biggest game of his of his career so far with the Pitts uh, Penn State.
1: Yeah, I actually agree with that. Um it's it's it is gonna be extremely exciting. I wish it wasn't a noon game. I wish it was a primetime game, but that, that's neither here nor there. Uh the spread at the start of the season was ten and a half. Now it's in some places at four. Typically you're seeing four and a half. I think Penn State's going to win this game. Uh, I honestly think they're a better team. I've watched some Ohio State games. They should have lost to Notre Dame. Maryland gave them fits. Maryland was actually thump. I mean, they were working them going into the half. They were tied with them going into the third quarter. And then Ohio State pulled away just because they have more horses. Um, Penn State's defense is the real deal. I realize they haven't really played anyone. But if you look at the strength of schedules for a lot of the top teams, a lot of the top teams haven't played anyone either. Penn state strength. The schedule right now is 79. Michigan's is 77. Uggas is 94. And everybody thinks Georgia's is these world beaters in Ohio state. The reason they're 53, it's only because of that Notre Dame game, which again, they should have lost. You know, God was on the field trying to stop them and it, it didn't help them. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a very exciting game. I don't think Penn State's going to be throwing the ball down the field too much. I think they're going to try and grind it out and limit the splash plays. But I do, I, do, I really do believe, not being a homer, I think Penn State has the better team.
2: Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how Drew Aller approaches this game too, because this is really his big, first big test as the quarterback here. But I want to play you guys a quick clip. This is from Colin Coward. I wanted to get your opinion on his take here. Uh, it's just a quick one.
4: You want to guess the Ohio State Penn State line? It's I think been out, you know they do games. Where's of the, the season. game at? Ohio State.
2: Uh, Ohio
5: State's probably favored by one, but I think Penn State should be favored by four. What is it? Wow, I'm seeing five and a half Ohio State here. On there's no way I take Penn State every day twice on, on Sunday.
4: I get five points with Penn State. Five. Well, I'm seeing it on Covers what's uh, website called Covers minus five and a half. Now this they released them in the summer. The game's still two weeks away. You know something could happen this week. Penn but- State today is a better football team than Ohio State. Okay. Michigan's will- better than both. I'll go ahead and take the Buckeyes in that one.
1: All right, D. So he's a- agreeing with you here. That's that's usually not like Colin Coward is a West Coast Homer, Pac-12 Homer. Uh, he's not a huge fan of Penn State traditionally. For him to say that really speaks volumes. Again, it to me it's always the eyeball test. If you look at the speed on the outside, the Penn State has on defense. You look at their cornerbacks. You look at the, you look at the, their their running back combo. And I think this might be the game that they start testing Aller and let him throw the ball downfield. I read an interesting stat. Aller's only thrown 12 deep balls this entire season. Hmm. Five of those deep balls were against UMass. That's the lowest number for any quarterback in the Big Ten.
3: Well, yeah, and I think there is some methods of the madness, though. I've also wanted them to open up the offense. But when you don't have to, when you've got this great defense, and when you've got two outstanding running backs, I think the theory was, look, just... Just rely on them. You're going to grind out your wins. Nobody can beat you if you take care of the football. You just have to take care of the football. He's got no interceptions. And 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 well, we'll get to that. Yeah. But I think I think that's been the plan. I don't think that plan's going to work Saturday. I think they are going to have to rely on Aller's arm, and I, I think he's going to be up for the challenge. I think he's been waiting for a chance like this. Um, but to me, I think he's going to be fine, and I do think we'll put up probably 24 points, give or take. The key to me is if we can pressure their quarterback, because if they don't, Harrison's going to eat us alive. I know we've got a great secondary. Harrison can beat anybody. We have got to get pressure. Without pressure, it's going to be a tough game.
2: Well, both of these teams have good defenses. I think Penn State's only given up seven touchdowns this season. Ohio State's only given up six. And uh, get this—the last time the uh, Penn State football team lost was, will be 357 days huh. yeah. coming up, wow. and the last time they lost was to Ohio State. Yes. So this is a big test, one that I'm even interested in, guys. So I, I'm, I'm excited too. I voted for that one in the poll.
3: Yeah, it was the obvious choice. And look, I, I'm a baseball guy. I love baseball, but it, everybody has circled this day on the Penn State Ohio, on, on the Penn State schedule since the schedule came out, and. Looking ahead a little bit with the bigger um, conference, you're not going to be seeing Ohio State and Michigan every year. They did not protect these, nope. and that, I thought that was terrible. I, protect one of them for Penn State. I, Penn State's going to have some schedules that are going to look really weird coming up. So this is the last year for a while you're going to be sure to see Michigan and Ohio State on the schedule.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, And I, I think it's going to give that team a lot of confidence. If they go into Columbus if they and they beat, whether it's by a field goal point or whether they smash them around – Going into the Michigan game at home, they're going to have two cupcake games, should be cupcake games, leading into Michigan. This is going to set the tone for the rest of their season. And it's going to put other teams on notice that, hey, Penn State's actually for real this year. They're not going to be one of these bubble teams that people say, well, they're going to, have to make excuses for. If you go into Columbus and beat Ohio State there, you're for real. I don't care what year it is.
2: Yeah, and I mean, could that put them in playoff contention if they do? 100%. Okay. If they win this game, they're top four.
3: Everybody's complaining about, oh, they dropped in the the rankings. I'm like, look, it doesn't matter until we play Ohio State. They could have dropped us to 10th. I don't care. It's where they are at the end of the season, and specifically after they beat Ohio State. If they lose to Ohio State, what are we talking about anyway? They're going to drop to 15th, and who cares? So if they win and they're not in the top four, then I will come on here and say, look, something's wrong. But – until they, they haven't played anybody. I mean, West Virginia's been pretty good. They had a really weird loss last week. Yeah, I mean, that's they, one of the weirdest yeah. losses you're ever going
4: to see.
2: But other than that, they've played nobody. So they, they are unproven. Well, uh, we only have a couple minutes left in this segment, but uh, the Penguins, last time we talked, they, they had lost their opener, Dave, and you said it's just one game. I feel a lot better after the weekend, after the shutout in Washington, and then they beat a good Calgary team at home. They play again tonight. What are your thoughts real quick on the pens? It's just three games. <laughs> I mean, I I, I was I kind of felt weird because I've been probably the most down on the Pittsburgh
3: and everybody was panicking after the first game. I'm like, it is only one. And after three, look, Washington's terrible. They're, they're not going to be any good at all. All no. they care about is getting Ovechkin 50 goals and he can be a minus 40 and they don't even care. So good for them. And he's probably going to break the record and that's fine. The Calgary game impressed me because... They got behind, you know, and and, and that the backup goalie looked red, good, Nijelkovic, but that, that game, that's the game last year. They lose that game. I'm sorry. The way they played, especially the second half, they're down one nothing going to the third. Just, I don't believe they're going to do that. Malkin has looked totally different so far. Again, only three games. I'm going to say that, but, man, does he look good. He looks so much stronger on the puck. He's got so much more energy. Um, it seems like Riley Smith was the right move there, and
1: if they have two good goalies, then they're a playoff team. Yeah, they've just been really fun to watch. And again, it's only it's only a few games, but they look different. They look faster. I realize they're old, but they look faster. The way they're constituted is. Much as you watch them, they seem like they have much more flow than they did last year. You know they're moving the puck around much better than they did last year. You don't see them, you know, constantly getting clogged up at the, you know, at the blue line. So you know it's it's been more fun to watch them. But again, it's three games. I have one
3: more thing. I know we're almost out of time. The only thing that concerns me is the stars have been great. Gensel's back. You know Crosby and Malkin are scoring goals. The bottom six has not scored really at all. If these guys are not going to score this much all year, you're going to have to get production from that third line.
2: And that was a problem last year. And, of course, they remade the third and fourth line. So we'll see how that goes as the season goes along. Uh, When we return, we'll have Ben Jones from statecollege.com on the line. Stay with us as we continue under review on Connect FM, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping.
5: Here we go again, the same old story. You order the part online, it's wrong when it arrives, the car's torn apart, and then the fun begins trying to send it back. In the meantime, your wife is missing her hair appointment. The kids need to, well, you know the rest of the story, and you think you saved money. And Napa will get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer's standards. Napa. Better here to serve you, our customers, Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Rockway, Brookville, and Climber. Are you looking for your next career and sick of sending out unanswered emails? There's a better way.
0: Wednesday, November 8th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. is the biggest hiring event of the year. It's the first Tri-County Career Expo at the Dubois Mall. And if you make the hiring decisions at your company, get a table and ad campaign that helps you target job seekers through radio, digital, and social media.
5: The Tri-County Career Expo, Wednesday, November 8th at the Dubois Mall. Log on to PriorityMedia.net slash careers for everything you need.
0: Honey, I'm home.
5: A would shopping go?
0: Great. Look at this handcrafted jewelry and designs by Flying L Beadworks. But... This book from Claire Kreiner, a local author, and these cool, high-quality vinyl stickers that are dishwasher safe. But... They're great for water bottles. Honey... What? Did you go to Dubois Feeds? Where do you think I got all this cool stuff? Oh, the pet food and bird seed is in the trunk. Dubois Feeds, home of From Pet Food and so much more. With curbside and drive through at West Dubois Avenue. For 26 years, Dubois Feeds.
6: It's Brian Kilmeade.
0: Hi, everyone. Do not miss Thursday's edition of the Brian Kilmeade Show. Mike Allen will join
4: us. What is going on with this place called Gaza? Senator Marshall Blackburn wants to freeze that $6 billion. Will should be successful. Dan Ceno with context inside Tel Aviv and Jerusalem and Governor Sununu. What is happening in New Hampshire? Do not miss Thursday's edition of the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian Kilmeade, weekday mornings at 9, 99.7 and 96.7. Connect FM.
0: Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing.
2: And we're back on Under Review, and we have a guest on the line with us. Ben Jones from statecollege.com is here to help us break down the big game. Ben, how are you doing today?
7: Thanks for having me.
2: Oh, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, We talked about it in the last segment, and I'm sure it's been the subject of many a blog this week, but do you agree that this might be James Franklin's biggest game of his career with Penn State?
7: It's certainly up there. I mean, I think when you look at the opportunity that Penn State has being a team that's pretty well-rounded, playing an Ohio State team that technically, you know, has some, some weaknesses there to be had. I think you look at that, you consider the fact that um, you know, the Big Ten is going to expand next year, and it's only going to get harder from here. This is certainly, you know, I think every year James Franklin's games against Ohio State are sort of defining ones. Uh, so next year might be the biggest one after that. But I, I do think that, um, you know, given the opportunity, given the quality that Penn State has, and given the fact that, um, you know, Drew Aller's finally on campus and people have been waiting to see him play in these big games for a long time, it is certainly um, among the biggest games of, of his time at Penn State.
2: And we talk a lot about this rivalry, but really it's been pretty one-sided lately. Uh, Penn State hasn't won against Ohio State since 2016. Why do you think that's the case? Is there really that big of a gap between these programs?
7: Um, I think it just comes down to the little things. You know, you look at pretty much every game since 2016, there have been one or two plays in, in every game that have really defined it, and most of them have not gone Penn State's way, so... You know, I I think that there have been years where the talent gap has been wider and Penn State has played up to Ohio State, and there have been years like 2017 and maybe even 2018 where that gap wasn't as wide and Penn State just couldn't finish the job. I think, you know, Penn State obviously wins in 2016 but had a lot of chances since then to do it. So to me, it's about getting that bounce to go your way. It's about winning uh, the little battles. It's about staying healthy and it's really about who can make those plays late. And I think we've seen Penn State can make plays in the first half, can make plays in the third quarter. Um, but Ohio State has pretty much dominated the fourth quarter. You've got to be able to play full, full four quarters and find that extra gear. And I think once Penn State does that, um, this can continue to be a competitive series, but a series uh, you know where Penn State comes out on top more often than not.
3: You, you make a good transition there into what I was going to ask you about. You talk about how Penn State's done okay for the first three quarters traditionally against Ohio State and have had trouble late. This year's Penn State team has gotten off to some pretty slow starts against inferior competition and then kind of just turned on the Jets second quarter, third quarter. Um, I, I assume you agree that they're going to need a faster start against Ohio State.
7: Yeah, certainly offensively. I think you know Penn State's defense has done a pretty good job for as long as it's needed to be on the field, but there's no question that you know, you start slow against Ohio State, you're going to find yourself behind the eight ball, um, and that's just going to make things harder. So, yeah, there's no question that Penn State offensively has been more of a second-half team. You know, that's kind of reminiscent of the 2016 season where Penn State would find itself behind in a lot of games and then come back to really just pull away from behind. Um, you know, you can do that against a lot of teams in the Big Ten. Ohio State's certainly not one that you want to try and pull that off. So. Yeah, there's no question that Penn State's going to have to make good on some early drives. Don't necessarily need touchdowns on all of them, um, but I think you have to feel like they're moving the ball and and doing well um, and really getting into the game because you're right, you, you wait 15 minutes and that's going to be 15 minutes that you want back.
3: So we we also talked a little bit before you came on about some of the the keys and the key matchups, and I I pointed out that I felt like Penn State's defense really had to get pressure because if you give Harrison time, he's going to beat any corner because he's that good. Uh, What other keys do you see to the game, and do you agree with that analysis?
7: Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, on the one hand, Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably the best receiver um, in the country, if not statistically, certainly skill-wise. Um, You know, on Penn State's side of things, I do think that Kalen King is probably one of the few corners in the country, and Johnny Dixon to a certain extent as well, one of the few corners in the country that could maybe cover uh, a guy like Marvin Harrison in man-to-man coverage. Obviously, um, you know, there's only so long that a guy can pull that off before a guy like Marvin Harrison gets open. So to me, you're right, Penn State's got to get to the quarterback. They've got to pressure Kyle McCord. They've got to make him earn it. Um, And I think You know, on the offensive front, Penn State's got to be able to say, look, we need to run the ball to be successful. We're not an explosive passing team necessarily. We need to still be able to get those four or five yards of carry. If Penn State can win in the trenches, that's really a unit-on-unit thing. Um, You know, I think that they're going to be able to have success. And really the receivers, Penn State's receivers, are going to have to be able to get open. I think having um, Harrison Wallace back is huge for Penn State alongside Ke'Andre Lambert-Smith. If they can do that they'll find success but yeah there's no question that that ohio state sort of starts and ends to a certain extent with marvin harrison jr um and being able to slow him down is going to start with getting to the quarterback
1: yeah i was actually just going to ask you about their opportunities throwing the ball down the field and with wallace coming back do you think this is the week they finally let aller throw the ball you know further than five to ten yards
7: yeah i mean i think they're going to have to if they want to win this game but i don't think penn state's going to reinvent the wheel i think that you know, what we've seen the first six weeks is the kind of team that Penn State is. They're going to be a team that's going to take what the defense gives them. They're going to be a team that's not uh, afraid to grind out long, clock-consuming drives. Um, and honestly, that might play into Penn State's hands. You, you know, Ohio State can't score if it doesn't have the ball. Um, to me, you know, like you said, they're going to have to be able to throw it down the field to win um, these games and this game in particular. You know, I think you look back to the West Virginia game the last time the Penn State really threw the ball well. Um, in an explosive fashion was when uh, you know, Harrison Wallace and Keandre Lambert-Smith were both healthy. So you'd like to think that you know, maybe that those two guys being back on the field in the game where Penn State's going to have to throw, wasn't really interested in doing that last week against UMass and didn't really need to, um, you know, that, that could work out well for Penn State. But you know at the end of the day, this, this team has found its identity not necessarily sexy. It's not exactly flashy, but it's getting the job done. But there's no question you're going to have to be able to throw the ball if you want to beat Ohio State.
1: Oh, for sure. Now, along those lines, this one, for me at least, it feels different. This one, this feels like the best chance Penn State's had in a very long time. I don't know if you feel the same way about that and why you feel that way, but, I mean, it's this one to me feels like this is a very winnable game out there.
7: Yeah, I mean, I think you look at the 2017 team, you know, I think that they had, you know, they were as good as Ohio State. I think if you look at this year, um, You know, the fact that Ohio State's not a particularly good running team, the fact that Kyle McCord is not particularly mobile, he's sort of been up and down has had some slow starts, you know, there's an opportunity there for Penn State's defense to try and not control the game but certainly dictate terms. And I think one of the things that Penn State's lacked in a lot of its games against Ohio State is the ability to be the team that says, this is how this game is going to be played. I think offensively, you know, there are moments where this offense looks really good. There's moments where this offense doesn't look so good. Um, I think if Penn State can show up, avoid some early mistakes, avoid an early turnover, kind of find its groove and pound away with its running backs, I think they have a real opportunity to here to win. Um, you know, it, It's hard to ever pick Penn State um, in Columbus. That's so just how I've always felt about it, but I think there's no question that uh, you, know, you look at these two teams on paper, they probably have the best player in the game in Marvin Harrison uh, in terms of the ability to break a big play, but I do think that Penn State is probably the more complete team whether or not they're the better team on Saturday remains to be seen.
2: Well, we got a couple minutes left here with Ben Jones from statecollege.com. Uh, what would a win like this mean for Penn state this weekend, Ben? And, and do you think that gets them in the playoff hunt if they win?
7: Um, you know, I guess we'll see how the rest of the season plays out across the country, but I think for Penn state, it's definitely a resume booster. And I think more importantly, it's it's a win against a team that it has gotten so close to beatings for so long now. I think, you can talk about what it does for Penn State's, you know, immediate future this season. I think it's pretty obvious that you know you beat Ohio State. The road pretty much stops with that. That uh, Michigan trip to Happy Valley is kind of the next big moment. Um, you know, whether or not Penn State gets into the playoffs is a lot of moving parts to figure that out. But I think just psychologically for this program to be able to say, look, we've been close with Ohio State for a really long time, and now we've gotten over the hump this year. I think that would be huge. Um, I think you have to see it to believe it. it's sort of like a basketball team. You want to see the ball go through the hoop, and I think if you're Penn State, you want to see that scoreboard say that you won that game against Ohio State.
3: And I totally agree with you. It n- nothing matters until you actually get that win. But I'm asking you to to play along with me here, assuming they get that win, and I don't care if it's a close win or a big win or whatever – and assuming they even win the Michigan game, are you worried that the strength of schedule that Penn State's had is going to really harm them? If, if there are a bunch of 12-0 and and even a couple 11-1 teams with strong schedules, that, that that's going to really hurt Penn State's chances?
7: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair question because I think you look at the Big Ten and it's going to shake out that, that Iowa is probably almost certainly going to make it to the Big Ten title game. If we say that Penn State goes there, you know, obviously that game has already happened once this year. Um, you never know what's going to happen on the second meeting. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's a difficult place that you that you put yourself in if you're Penn State. You're going to have, you know, one or two wins over a top-five team. That counts for something. Um, but the rest of the Big Ten has, frankly, just not been that good this year. I think Michigan State was a program that obviously had a lot of change. People expected more from Illinois. It's kind of been up and down. Iowa obviously is winning a lot of games, but no one has ever been excited to watch Iowa actually play. Um, so, to me, I think there's definitely – uh, sort of a 2016 thing again where you go look Penn State's probably one of the best teams in the country um, but w- what about their resume and I think if you're James Franklin if you're Penn State obviously first things first but yeah there's no question that you could get back around to this being a one loss team um, and saying man I-, I wish that somebody else on that schedule would help them out a little bit
2: well Ben we're looking forward to seeing this one play out anything you want to tell our listeners about your coverage this week
7: Uh, yeah. I mean, you can read all my stuff at statecollege.com. And if you're on Twitter or X or whatever you decide to call it these days, it's uh, Ben underscore Jones 88.
2: We appreciate you taking the time. Enjoy the game, Ben.
7: Yep. Thanks for having me.
2: When we return, we'll take you through the week seven slate in the NFL. Stay with us as we continue under reviews sponsored by Smith lawn and landscaping.
4: Is your business a Dubois Chamber member? If not, you're missing midday mixers and after hours, fun networking events with other local business people. It's Chamber Month. Join for next year and get three months free. Details at DACC at DuboisPAChamber.com.
0: Okay, class, here's your assignment. Write a radio commercial for Sunny 106's Think Don't Drink contest.
4: Attention, middle and high school students in Clearfield, Jefferson, and Elk Counties. Here's your chance to write a radio commercial about the dangers of underage drinking. The winners will record the commercials to air on Sunny 106 and Connect FM. Go to Sunny
0: 106.fm for writing tips and rules. Oh, and you can win an iPad, AirPods, or Sheets card. Think, don't drink. From Sunny 106 and Connect FM
4: this program is made possible through a grant funded by the pennsylvania liquor control board the opinions and statements expressed in this advertisement do not necessarily represent the views of the pennsylvania liquor control board
6: it's brian kilmeade hi
4: everyone do not miss thursday's edition of the brian kilmeade show mike allen will join us what is going on with this place called Gaza. Senator Marshall Blackburn wants to freeze that $6 billion. Which will she be successful? Dan Senor with context inside Tel Aviv and Jerusalem and Governor Sununu. What is happening in New Hampshire? Do not miss Thursday's edition of the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian Kilmeade, weekday mornings at 9, 99.7 and 96.7. Connect FM. Is your business a Dubois Chamber member? Our Chamber's mission is to make sure our community has a strong business climate. When you're a member, you help support our local business community, too. It's Chamber Month. Join for next year and get three months free. Details at DACC at DuboisPAChamber.com.
0: What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching under Review Sports.
2: Well, we're talking a lot about what's going to happen on Saturday, guys, but there's a lot of good games coming up on Sunday, too. I don't know if you've had a chance to look ahead at this, but there's some tough ones here to oh. pick this week. I have. I've got some some interesting numbers. But first, and you always control the
3: board, but if I could have snuck in here, I'd have put in a clip for you because <laughs> Bob won the limit uh, the survivor this week oh, san francisco knocked group. out d that's right i'm out so i was going to put on we are the champions or something <laughs> for you but oh, uh wow. <laughs> didn't even make it to week seven which tells you how crazy oh, some yeah. of these games have been um so but but first a little recap i actually had my best week and i still only got a game on you but i did make up a little ground um and you you made up a game on d so you're still ahead but we're still all kind of in a d and i are tied now for second but uh to your point at, the, at least on the spread ske- sheet that I, I printed out today, there's 13 games on the schedule. Seven out of the 13 have a spread between 2.5 and, and 3.5, and, and nine out of 13 have between 1.5 and, and 3.5. And so it, nine out of 13 games are like super, super tight, and there's, there's very few. There aren't any double-digit spreads this time, which have been a lot of. By the way, some of those double-digit spreads have actually lost outright. So um, I, th- I looked at this schedule, and there's a lot of road favorites which always scares me and yeah this this is one of these where you could do as well flipping a coin with some of this stuff i don't know how you could for example and i'll just do a preview how can you tell tampa bay and atlanta i mean yep. those teams are kind of like you know milk toast. i mean there's nothing special about either of them I, I don't know. Whoever gets three turnovers is going to lose, and I don't know who that's going to be.
1: And it's the worst division in the NFL, yeah. too. I mean, so, yeah. I mean, it's there's nobody that's playing either one of those teams that's thinking, oh, man, circling that on their calendars.
3: But this is an opportunity – we've had a lot of group think because of the way the spreads are this is a week where maybe we could get a little bit of movement amongst us
2: absolutely here. um just to let you guys know i still am alive in in my money survivor poll there were 49 people at the beginning of the season we're down to 12 Oh my so and, and i've used job, all man. the all the good teams so i'm well he is a cyborg he well i'm surprised job. he's no, still like he's summer's but.
1: gonna have a nice christmas yeah
2: <laughs> let's not count our money before <laughs> so are we restarting are, are we pocket. restarting survivor you mentioned you wanted to do you know what why don't we just keep it going because okay. until i lose and then and then we'll go from there but i would like to hear your locks of the week so okay. don't use a team that you've already used oh, maybe I it'll keep, hu-
3: i didn't keep i didn't write down the okay track, well but, uh, yeah we'll try we'll okay
2: try. and then that'll give me a chance to kind of use your info to help me okay but uh six teams are on by this week panthers texans titans jets cowboys and Bengals. We'll start off tomorrow night. Jacksonville's four and two at New Orleans three and three. This is one of those other tough matchups for it, me. This is a good game. I
3: mean, New Orleans has been pretty spicy, especially when Carr's been healthy. Um, but Jacksonville, about every other week, they look like a really, really good team, and so I, I trust them a little bit more. And it's a Thursday. Look, Thursday games are wacky. Last Thursday's game was wacky. You never know what you're going to get, but I'm going to take Jacksonville because I think they're definitely the more talented team.
1: Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat, Jacksonville. And from what I've seen of Jacksonville this year, they look like a really good team at, at times. And Trevor Lawrence looks like he's taking that next step. I'll take him over Derek Carr all day long.
2: Well, I took New Orleans, so a chance to get one back all here, right. guys. Uh, Jacksonville's defense has actually fueled its turnaround more than its offense. They had four takeaways on Sunday against Indianapolis. Uh, Trevor Lawrence kind of tweaked his knee a little bit on Sunday, too, so we'll see how that uh, plays out the Houston or new Orleans basically lost that game last week versus Houston winning that game. So I'm going to go with uh, new Orleans at home here. We got Las Vegas three and three at Chicago, one and five across the pond over there
1: in London d. I'm t- <laughs> the Bears are awful. Uh, I'm taking Las Vegas. They're not that much better either. the The London games are the only good thing about the London games is waking up in the morning and having coffee and watching football, but they they haven't been great games. Uh, although the Jacksonville game over there wasn't that bad, I should say, but yeah, I'm taking I'm taking the Raiders.
3: Well, and and this line is a little bit sh- screwy to me because you know Chicago. I think Fields is hurt. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to play. Yeah, they they
1: haven't said he's playing. He's doubtful. Yeah, so. if
3: he's doubtful, I mean Vegas should probably be favored by more than three and a half. Chicago is a bad team with him. Without him, I don't know how bad they are. But uh, I'm taking Vegas. Uh, I just – I don't believe in Chicago at all until they prove different to me.
2: Yeah, well, Jimmy Garoppolo is also banged up too. I, he left yeah. that game in, in an ambulance the other day with a back injury. But He's,
1: he's always hurt. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, he is. I, I'm not picking Chicago again probably the rest of the season, <laughs> so give me Las Vegas. All right. Uh, we got Cleveland 3-2 and two at Indianapolis 3-3. Three and three. The Browns pulled off a shocker last week, beating the 49ers without their starting quarterback and star running back. Uh, they held San Francisco, which, by the way, had scored 30-plus points in every game this season, to 215 yards and 17 points. Um, I got to take Cleveland just on the strength of that defense. Gardner Minshew threw three picks Sunday and lost a fumble. I'm going with Cleveland. Well, I, Cleveland, I watched the second half of that game, and I it's been a long
3: time since I've seen a defense absolutely swallow a good offense like they did. I mean, they, they turned uh, – that quarterback into just a mush. I mean, he, he, by the end of the game, he was completely out of the game. Uh, you, did you see the throws he was yeah. making? Even oh, when yeah. He wasn't under pressure. Well, Purdy
1: looked human because yeah. he didn't have McCaffrey, you know, yeah. little, little five Debo. yard dump offs. He didn't have Debo. Yeah. I mean, it's, he looked like a guy who was the last pick. I mean, he, they, they exposed him, I think. So we'll see what happens when he gets his stars back. And I know he lost some stars, but look, I, and I'm
3: usually the last one to make excuse. you know, praise Cleveland, but. Man, did they impress me. In fact, they impressed me so much. in Indianapolis, you know, I don't know if you saw Richardson's done for the Uriage surgery. That's oh, wow. yeah, a bummer. So oh, he's out. Wow. Wow. So I, I'm, and I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I'm going to take, if I was still in it, I would take Cleveland as my lock. Ooh, Interesting.
1: <laughs> I'm going the other way. I'm taking Indy only, because, only because I think Cleveland's going to come back down to earth. There's, after games like that, there's always a letdown game. And the NFL, to your point here a minute ago about the Lions, it, on any given Sunday, a team can win. I mean, look, San Francisco. That what were they favored in that game? That was a double-digit spread. Oh yeah. So you know, there you go. But I just think Cleveland ha- had such a high beating the Niners that they're just going to come back down to earth.
2: Oh, I, I love your thinking there because it is—it's up and down. And when you think you got a team figured out, the next week it's completely different. Oh, I don't claim to have anything figured out except that Cleveland's defense is for real. Oh, it's
1: for real. Make no mistake that they fly to the ball.
2: All right, we got Buffalo four and two at New England one and five. Dave, I'm gonna. I mean,
3: again, New England is one of the worst teams in the league. It appears uh, certainly their quarterback situation is one of the worst. So I'm taking Buffalo. This is this is the kind of game that Buffalo seems to trip up on. I mean, and you know it might be a Belichick special, but I, I can't justify taking New England.
1: Yeah, there's. I mean, Buff. I I've only watched little uh, segments of New England this year because they're just. It's really, really bad football. Mac Jones is he's just not ready for prime time and, and, and the bills, you know, they look like one of the better teams in the NFL. So yeah, I think if I had already picked the bills, this would easily be my lock of the week. Uh, But yeah, I I think Buffalo wins by double digits in this one.
2: Well, we thought that last week when they played the giants too, and it came down to the last play of the game. So even the bills have looked pretty inconsistent so far this year, but I cannot take new England right now. Uh, By the way, the Patriots could be one in seven. They play the Bills this week and then Miami after that. Um, so I looked up Bill Belichick's record with Tom Brady is 219 wins and 64 losses. Without him, he's 80 and 93. So I know we had that talk last week. They Gabe, might be one in seven. Yeah, that's exactly. a shame.
3: Boy, that, that's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that you awful. Know, wow. I
2: haven't seen a lot of Patriots jerseys around that, lately. Yeah, guys. Come on,
1: Turkey. Where's your Patriots <laughs> yeah. here?
2: All right, we got Washington 3-3 three and three at the New York Giants, 1-5, D.
1: Uh, I'm actually going to take the Giants. Um, I, I think they, they showed a lot of resolve against the Bills. I was very surprised. Uh, this is a rivalry game. These games are usually very close. Um, Washington, th- at the start of the season, it just goes to show you uh, from week to week, I thought, wow, Washington looks so good. They're not that great of a team, and I just think uh, the Giants played really well and surprised me against Buffalo, so I'm picking them.
2: Yeah, I can't figure out either of these teams, guys. I, I'm i going to go with Washington here. I know that the Giants got Barkley back, but uh, the Commander's defense hasn't looked too bad, and they picked off uh, Ritter three times last week and held Bijan Robinson to 37 yards.
3: I don't even want to make a pick in this game. I, I, I'm i hoping not to watch five seconds of this game. But, Both teams lose. Uh, <laughs> I am picking Washington because, I, yeah, I, look, the Giants surprised me. They were very, you know, chippy last week in that game, but I, I just don't believe in them at all.
2: All right, so we got Atlanta 3-3 three and three at Tampa Bay 3-2. and two. This is the one you were talking about prior. <laughs> uh, to me, this comes down to which quarterback will not make the big mistake and i don't believe either of them are capable of not doing that (laughs) can atlanta run the ball that's the big question they couldn't last week they lost every game where they get held off the you know without many yards on the ground they lose um i'm gonna go with tampa bay they're the home team so i'll I'll use that as the tiebreaker
3: yeah that's what i used to i took tampa not not because i really believe in them but because i don't really believe in Atlanta either.
1: That's it. I mean it's the home field's gotta count for something, right? And Atlanta's a bad football team, so I'm taking Tampa Bay.
2: Another good one on the slate here. We got Detroit five and one at Baltimore four and two, maybe one of the games of the week.
3: Well, every single week it seems like, well, if Detroit wins this one, then they're the real deal, and then they win it, and then the next week we're saying it again. I'm going to, I'm picking Baltimore. I'm going to just lead with that. I agonized over this because I want to take Detroit. I really want to take Detroit, but on the road, Baltimore's tough. You know, Jackson still looks out. As long as Jackson's healthy, Baltimore is super dangerous. As soon as he gets hurt, I lose all faith in them. But Detroit could easily win this game. And if they lose a close game, it does not make me think, oh, they're overrated. This is the NFL. Good teams lose to good teams all the time. This one, to me, if this was in the Dome, I would probably take Detroit. Baltimore might be kind of
1: cold, rainy, wet. I'm going to take Baltimore. Yeah, normally my brother D has a shirt that sums up how most of us feel about Baltimore. It says, hey, Baltimore, and it's a steel worker, and he's doing something R-rated on the shirt. Not crazy, but that's (laughs) most most of the time how I feel about the Ravens. But I am picking them. I don't think they've played their best football. Uh, I really think they're a dangerous team, and I think this is is a statement game for them against, I I would say, probably the third best team in the NFC right now. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm picking the Ravens.
2: I picked Detroit in this one, guys. I I mean, if you look at that Detroit defense, that might be the most improved unit on either side of the ball this entire season. Look at them last year. They were horrible compared to this year. They have been great. Uh, They've held their opponents to 20 points or fewer in every game this season. And the offense has produced 20 or more points in 15 straight games. So I think it's going to be a close one, maybe come down to the end, but I'll give Detroit the uh the win here i'm rooting for you to win to beat us on this yeah. i
3: really want detroit to win
2: that oh game. yeah well, we got Pittsburgh 3-2 and two, at the Rams 3-3. Three and three. Now, who's the home team in this one? I know it's in so- at SoFi Stadium, but I bet we see a lot more Steeler fans there than Raiders They just had Rams an article
1: fan. about that, and they said that the ticket sales from Western Pennsylvania and the Pennsylvania zip codes are through the roof for SoFi, and it's a vacation for a lot of people, too, to see a really cool stadium. Uh, stairway talk is always the best talk. Loyal sons know that. So I'm picking Stairway here. I actually think they're going to win this game by seven. I think the, I think the Rams are fool's gold. And I think Pittsburgh comes back off the bye rested. And I think they're they're going to play very well.
2: Yeah, I picked Pittsburgh too. And it's not because I think Pittsburgh looks good. And maybe they will be a little bit better post by they're getting a couple guys back. Deontay Johnson, Pat Friermuth, I think are going to play. Uh, the Rams, you, you just never know what you're going to get. The first half last week, they looked absolutely horrible. Second half, they came out flying. But uh, I don't know, this just feels like a game where the Steelers win in a sloppy way. I don't know. I, I, I took Pittsburgh only because
3: I suspected correctly that you both were going to take Pittsburgh, and I didn't <laughs> want to be off with you guys on this particular game, but I, I watched some of the Rams, and with Cooper cut back, they're going to be awful tough to stop in the passing game. I'm really worried about them just slicing and dicing our secondary to bits, but... I took Pittsburgh. If they're off a bye week, that really should count for something. And by the way, we talk about the crowd. I have to throw this out. Did you guys see when Detroit played at Tampa? Yes. All the blue. I didn't know there were that many Detroit fans
1: in the world. Yeah, it was crazy.
3: K- kudos to those Detroit people for finally, after 50 years, having something besides Barry Sanders to feel good about. Yeah, And,
1: and Jared Goff actually made mention of that too, which is really cool. The NFL fan base is – these stadiums have become destinations, a lot of them. And cities are – you know. If, if you live in Detroit, you're going to want to go to Tampa in the winter or the sure. fall. I mean, so yeah, it, it is a fun trip for a lot of people to go to these away games, but yeah, there were a lot of lions fans there. Yep.
2: We got uh Arizona one and five at Seattle three and two. This is the battle of the birds. And uh, I'm going to go with the, um, the Seahawks in this one, obviously it's actually my lock of the week. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> at some point I'm going to get burned. Cause I keep picking against Arizona, but yeah, uh, the Cardinals have lost three in a row. They've they've really come down to earth here, and uh, the Seahawks outgained the Bengals last week, three hundred eighty-one yards to two hundred and fourteen, but they couldn't finish their drives with touchdowns. That was the difference in the game.
3: Yeah, not much to say. Seattle's good. Arizona isn't. It's at home, and for Seattle, I don't. I mean, you'd have to really be rolling dice to take Arizona here. And are
1: you? No, <laughs> no, I'm not. Actually, Seattle's my lock of the week as well. Right. Lonnie knows Seattle. The birds are going to smash him by 50. Uh, <laughs> Seattle, Geno Smith didn't play all that well. No. And, I mean, and I think this will be a nice bounce back game for him, get him back on track. That's
3: my problem with Seattle is I just don't believe in their quarterback. I remember, you know, he wasn't any good until last year. Yeah, it's yeah like his... these, these guys have come out of nowhere. Yeah. I like, I need to see it two years in a row before I believe it.
2: We got Green Bay two and three at Denver one and five. You say two years in a row. We need to see two games in a row from from uh, you know either of these quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, what do you got, Dave? Can't I, I, look Denver. I, I tried to believe in them at home, and they they burned me a couple
3: times. I I, I just think that whole team needs a complete rebuild from the top down and. Green Bay at least has some people that I think you can build around. Um, I think Russell Wilson's just what, you know, his, his ego, his, is way overtaken anything here. And I, am going to take green Bay and if it's another one where I don't think either of these teams are any good, but I really don't like Denver.
1: No, I'm, I'm actually taking green Bay as well, only because I want to see Sean Payton lose every single game from <laughs> now until he retires. he, I've been saying it, he, he's been a fraud. He, the reason why he won is because he had Drew Brees. Uh, he went out to Denver, you know, making comments about how, you know, saying, you know, this was the worst coaching job in all of football. And he got completely exposed. He got ridiculed and he's continuing to get ridiculed out there. I just, I hope Denver loses every game this season, including this one. Well, I didn't know you felt that way. Well, he's just, I mean, he's a loud mouth guy. There's nothing yeah. worse than a loud mouth, especially one, you know, when, when he gets called on it and then he doesn't address it. And then he's made some bonehead coaching decisions throughout this year. Yeah. He's just, yeah. <laughs> Sean, <laughs> not a big Sean Payton fan. No. Right? Hot
2: take, hot take. Yeah. Both teams are looking to avoid three game losing streaks. I have no faith in either team, but I will take the Packers as well. The Broncos defense is historically bad, and I think the Packers are getting Aaron Jones back. We got the LA Chargers, two and three at Kansas City, five and one. I think we're over to. I'll take it. Dave, okay.
3: I mean, that charge. Did you see the, the loss the Chargers took? Yes. I mean, this is a team that should be. By rights, probably four and one and, and the, two and they And they do three. that so often. It, well, yeah, it's not just this year. It seems like this. They just can't get out of this funk. I almost took them because this sooner or later, you know, Kansas City's kind of been eh, a little bit, a little iffy. And Chargers have a lot of offensive talent, but in the end, Kansas City at home. I just can't pick against them. I, I took Kansas City.
1: Well, listen, the Swifties are on the side of KC now, so there's no way I'm going against any of the Swifties. Uh, they'll they'll get after me on X or Twitter, or just like Ben Jones said. You can't get after the Swifties and go against them. And, and I'm a Swiftie. My daughter's made me into a Swiftie. So, but yeah, all, all kidding aside, I, I can't seem to figure out. I've heard so much about this arm talent, arm talent, arm talent that Justin Herbert has. What's he really ever done and and honestly he 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 doesn't seem to make really good decisions in the pocket. Uh, yes, he's he does throw a really good ball, but I just the the Chargers are one of those teams that they just seem to get a free pass because of Herbert. I think I think Kansas City wins by two touchdowns. Well, oh, they have nice jerseys. Too, they they right? do they have, have beautiful they, jerseys. Those baby oh. blues are as good as anything in the NFL. That's for sure.
2: Well, I think the Chargers have lost three games this year by a combined eight points. They've been in those games. They just can't close them out. And to me, that's the difference in this one. So I'm taking Kansas City too. And by the way, the Chiefs are three and O with Taylor Swift in attendance. You know it. <laughs> all right. Miami's five and one at Philadelphia, five and one. This is a great Sunday night
1: football game, D. Yeah, we'll be waiting all day for Sunday night. It, I'm telling you, this is the type of game that Sunday night football was made for. I'm really excited about this and both incredible teams. Um, I actually think this is a bigger game for Miami to kind of announce that they're here. You know, Philadelphia has been one of the better teams in the NFC for for a long time so this isn't that big of a deal for them to, if they were to lose a game like this but i think it'd be a much better springboard for miami uh but all that said i'm picking the birds they're tough at home
2: yeah I, i'm going with you too the the dolphins are averaging nearly 500 yards a game and 37 points per game but the projected temperatures are in the low 40s on sunday night and uh, i'm going with the home team to bounce back here I'm taking Miami.
3: I think this is their
2: coming out party to show that they're for real. And and as you said, I think it does
3: mean more to Miami. I think if Fidley loses this, they shrug their shoulders and say, "Well, we'll get them next time." If Miami loses this, and if they lose bad, then people are like, "Oh, they just beat up on the the good yeah. team, the bad team." So I, I think either I do think it's going to be a really close game. I think there's going to be a ton of
2: offensive fireworks in this game. We got uh, Monday Night Football. San Francisco five and one at Minnesota two and four. Uh, of course, uh, San Francisco was banged up. Trent Williams went down. Debo went down. McCaffrey went down. But I still have to take them to bounce back this week.
3: Me too. I think there'd be more, more chance of them to lose this game if they had won last week. I think this that caught their attention. Minnesota without Jefferson just is not the same team. They really struggled on offense last week. And uh, going against the San Francisco
1: team, that it, it's going to— I think it's gonna be a long night. Yeah, this is one of those games at the start of the season where you look at it and you think, oh, this is a really good Monday night matchup. And then looking at it now, it's you're looking at it through a much different lens. Uh, you're you're talking about two different teams here. San Francisco is is poised to you know go to the Super Bowl. And Minnesota right now is just playing for you know a draft slot. They're, they're not they're not good at all.
2: All right. When we return, we'll bring back our upon further review segment. Stay with us as we continue under review. Uh, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping.
6: I'm Dan Kennard with Tri-County Insider News. State police are investigating the case of a scam which cost a Clearfield County man more than $2,000. The 32-year-old Penfield man reportedly made several transactions through an online cash app, which was later discovered to be fraudulent. The victim lost a total of $2,441. The investigation is ongoing. If you need help on issues that involve federal agencies, such as the IRS, VA, or Social Security, staff from U.S. Congressman Glenn G.T. Thompson's office will be available to meet with you on Thursday. Congressman Thompson's staff will have constituent hours in Clearfield from 10.30 a.m. until 2.30 p.m. tomorrow in State Representative Dallas Kephart's office on East Market Street. It's not necessary to make an appointment, but arriving early is encouraged since meetings are on a first-come, first-served basis.
4: How does this end for Israel uh, to be safe? Because these are not normal times. You have to destroy Hamas. Stay close to the news.
6: The United States has Israel's back. We have the back of the Israeli people. We have their back today. We'll have it tomorrow. We will have it every day.
4: On air at 96.7 and 99.7 FM and 14.20 AM. On Alexa. On your smartphone. We're in the App Store and Google Play. And on your computer at
0: connectradio.fm what's your call this is under review on connect fm you can call bob dave and dave at 814-372-1420 join the chat on their facebook page by searching under review sports It's time for upon
2: further review. If you're new to the show, this is just where one of us, or we'll try to get through all of us, pick a topic and it's caught our eye and we just react to it live. And uh, D's all fired up. He's ready to go. So what do you got D?
1: (laughs) Well, I actually wanted to talk to you guys and see what your thoughts were about Caleb Williams. Um, one he had an awful game against Notre Dame if he finally actually played a legitimate defense and he i mean he performed poorly he was 18 to 22 uh, He had four total touchdowns 35 rushing yards 81% passing and he only had 232 yards and and people were talking about him as a Heisman trophy candidate this year not this year um but what i really wanted to talk about was him wanting partial ownership <laughs> in an NFL franchise But also him saying that if he doesn't like the team that's going to draft him, which could be the Cardinals, it could be he just is going to stay in in college football for NIL money. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I absolutely hate it. Uh, this guy's insane if he thinks he's going to have any sort of ownership stake in any NFL franchise. I mean, try beating Notre Dame first and then worry about becoming a part owner of an NFL franchise when you've literally done nothing to prove it at the NFL level.
3: We've watched a lot of players kind of try to pick their their spots. Heck, I mean, we you know saw Eric Lindros, we saw John Elway do that. We Eli seen Manning. Eli Manning, yeah, yeah. Eli Manning did it. So. I don't really care for that, but I, cannot, I can see that. I can understand that part. And if he wants to go back to college for another year, who am I to tell him not to? That part doesn't really bother me so much. The ownership thing, and I'm pro player. I'm anti-owner generally in sports because they're all just rich guys making money using it to make yeah, money. Having said that, having said that, a guy who hasn't played a single down asking for an ownership stake... The owners would rather fold up tents than ever do that, because as soon as you do it for one, guess what? They're all going to get it, and there's only so many chunks of ownership to go around. It'll never happen, and it's just foolish for him as somebody who has no track record at the pros to even think about. Tom Brady never got an ownership stake. Won all those Super Bowls. I mean, it's just
2: it's a little bit much. The only team that might allow it is the Browns. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> well, easily yeah, pleased. I guess they'll
3: just take anybody. Yeah, they'll just so, do whatever they got to
1: do. Well, what's crazy is is he's talking about the NIL money and yes, it it's going to be, you know, exorbitant amount of money for him, it, you know, now it is, but also when he goes back. But if he comes out of these the number 1 overall pick, he's going to be making 40, $45 million, you know, every year it goes up. If you're the last pick in the NFL is first round, you're making 15 million or eight what is it, 16 million or something like that. I just, to me, the, the arrogance of these athletes it, it, that to the level it's gotten it, it's very frustrating because growing up watching sports and again, I'm pro player as well. I loved the thought of the N the NIL initially. Now it's gotten so crazy. Nick Saban said it, and I never agree with Nick Saban, but the genie is out of the bottle and there's no putting the genie back in. These these kids are running these programs now.
2: Well, what do you got, Dave? Well, What do I have? Well,
3: I got to talk about baseball. We can't be in the middle of October and not talk a little bit about baseball. Um, I, I I think this has been one of the more interesting playoff years, not because there's been full of drama, but more because it's been completely devoid of drama, except for the fact that the best teams got knocked out early. And we'll get to that in a minute because I have something to say about that. But I I just saw a statistic. We haven't had a lead change after the fourth inning in any of these games in like over a week. So if you don't get to the starter, you're not winning. Uh, If you don't score first, basically you're not winning. It's one year. This could be more noise than signal. You know, it could be that next year we have all kinds of craziness in the late innings. We have some some late great plays. And did you remember, did you see the play with uh against the Braves where he caught the ball yes. and doubled off yep. Harper? Uh, I mean, that was very exciting and I'm not taking anything away from that. And I loved it. You know, I, I loved all that, you know, circus around that. And then he hits two homers the next night. That's that's playoff baseball. I love that stuff. But. I am worried that this pitching, look, they've, they've, they've shortened the games. Nobody's talking about the pitch clock. Everybody said, oh, the playoffs, it'll be, it'll reduce drama. No, it hasn't reduced drama. The fact that nobody's scoring in the late innings is reducing drama. But So they've, they've shortened the games, and I think that's great. But now they have to figure out this pitching problem where all these no-name guys come in and throw 100 miles an hour, nobody can hit them. And so they have to figure that out, and I have an idea to help them with that. And that is baseball is not set up for short series football is much more what we call deterministic the best team is going to beat the worst team most of the time yeah you've got upsets we've seen that but if i take that that uh, seattle arizona game and i play it 10 times it's probably going to be eight and two nine and one seattle something like that in baseball the worst team sweeps the best team a couple times a year i mean and the and the worst team's winning a third of their games and the best team's losing at least a third of their games so and and with all these expanded playoffs you've you've completely diluted the regular season anyway. It doesn't doesn't really matter that much. Nobody, who cares if you win 110 games? You still got to play a five-game series. So get rid of that. Go back to 150 games, cut the regular season, make every series seven games, take the off days away, and make them use their whole roster. I don't want to see the same two relievers every single time. I want to see fourth and fifth starters used. I want to see you have to give your catcher a break because you're using them 15 days in a row. Make it about the best team, not about the best 10 players.
1: Yeah. Well, they've been the, the playoffs this year have been a lot of fun for me. And it's because of watching the Phillies. I agree. I, with I'm you happy there. about that. The, the, the stat that I saw was um, it was since 1995. Uh, they showed the average number of pitches in playoff baseball for starters. And it was like 101. 100, 100, 100. And then in the in the mid-2000s, it was like 91, 90. Now it's like 70. Hmm. To your point, if you don't get to that starter and you don't get them out, of, you're done. You're done. You're toast. I mean, and a lot of the Phillies are obviously, they're, they're, they're manufacturing runs, but they're also hitting the long ball. I mean, so they're doing it. The Phillies are going to win the World Series. They're better than any team left because, the, to your point, they have arms. And their arms, if you don't get to their starters, they have relievers coming in just shutting it down. When
3: they have the power, and power wins in modern baseball playoffs, power wins.
2: Well, and if we don't get to this commercial, we're all going to be out of jobs. Uh So uh, we'll be right back as we get lost on Under Reviews, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping.
5: Here we go again the same old story. You order the part online, it's wrong when it arrives, the car's torn apart, and then the fun begins trying to send it back. In the meantime, your wife is missing her hair appointment. The kids need to, well, you know the rest of the story, and you think you save money. And Napa will get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer's standards. Napa. Better here to serve you, our customers, Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Rockway, Brookville, and Climber.
0: At Priority Media, we realize family comes first.
4: We get it, kids' ball games, doctor's appointments, taking the car in for repairs, and a bunch of other things that have to get done.
0: Sometimes a full-time job just doesn't fit with everything else going on.
4: Uh, Maybe you're a mom who left the workforce to raise a family, and now that the kids are in school, you want to get back in the game.
0: Maybe you're in real estate and looking to pick up some extra cash somewhere else, or maybe you're a former teacher who wants to work, just not full-time.
4: Well, consider joining us part-time in the Priority Sales and Marketing Department. Say, about 20 hours a
0: week. You might not get rich working part-time, but you can earn some very good money, working flexible hours, and a fun environment. And
4: you'll still have time to take care of all life's requirements that can get in the way of a full-time job.
0: We have big goals at Priority Media, and we need some help to achieve them. Want to find out more? Details on our website, PriorityMedia.net backslash careers. Priority Media is an equal opportunity employer. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. And we're
2: back. This hour always goes so fast, guys, but I'm going to use my, uh, upon further review, as my get lost this week. So hashtag get ESPN.com Top 100 list for the NHL. Poor Gino got snubbed again, guys. Ridiculous. Every single time, sir.
1: The guy's, I mean, he's the first ballot Hall of Famer. He's not, he's not in the top 100. I don't know what they're watching, but he's definitely a top 100 player in the NHL. Uh, for me, hashtag get lost. I'm going back to my Upon Further Review. Hashtag get lost to Caleb Williams. Get lost, man. It, you, you've worn out. You're welcome. I'm going to have to, and I know I've beaten
3: this horse before. I'm going to say hashtag get lost to pit football fans. The biggest ups, you know, they seem to do this upset every year, and that stadium was empty. You saw <laughs> pictures of it. Don't talk to me about rivalries until
2: you support your own team. There you go. Amen, brother. Well, it's uh, been a great hour of sports talk with you guys. Lots to look forward to this week, and we hope that you'll join us again next week as we break it all down. We'll be back with you on Under review, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping.